0: This is Up For Debate Presents, Shaken Not Stirred, Six Decades of James Bond in Film. Tonight, episode number 142, recorded April 4th, 2019. Chapter 3, Roger Moore in Live and Let Die, The Golden Gun Who Loved Me.
1: Roger Moore is James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action, more danger, and more. Much more. Roger Moore as James Bond, 007. What do you know about a man called Scaramanga? The man with the golden gun. He always uses a golden bullet. This trinket set with a note requesting special delivery to you. Roger Moore, back in action in the Exotic East. As James Bond, 007, on a collision course with the most dangerous man alive. The man with the golden gun.
0: It's the biggest. It's the best. It's Bond.
1: And beyond. There's anyone there. I know, James. I'm sorry. I have to get her off. How? Well, well, well. A British agent in love with a Russian agent. Your time's running out, Stromberg. Yours too, Mr. Bond. Yours too.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate Presents. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by, uh, well, we've got M, we got Q um we'll call this guy he's 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 our triple x he's he's Matt Mariani
1: whoa I I get three letters (laughs) you get three letters you're a Russian agent all right how are we doing comrade Sean
0: I am reporting for duty uh never been never been more thrilled to be here we've got a new bond we've got three new movies and we have a returning guest because yes our resident James Bond expert is back to introduce us to the world of Roger Moore it is Colby Rabideau hello Colby
2: Hello, I just couldn't miss uh, the spy who loved me. It's too good.
0: Yeah, we have got a mix of movies tonight. They run the gamut. Yes. Um.
2: um yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I. Yeah, they were really all over the place. I'm having trouble remembering the middle one. What was the middle one? It was Living Like Die. No, it was
0: Golden Gun and with the Golden, Golden gun. gun, which I agree was... is an unremarkable film.
1: <laughs> it really was. Well, I think it's remarkable <laughs> for the wrong reasons.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, when, when you when you've got the thrilling action of both Knick Knack and Goodnight, how can you forget?
1: Good Night, the missed opportunity. They had a villain named Knick Knack, but not one named Paddywhack.
0: <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> he
1: Bunger. could have had a like a thick, racist Irish accent and he could have just been all the worst Irish stereotypes. It would've fit right in with the these this era of Bond. So Oof. that's true. Not that's a great true. era. I could just picture him. He'd basically be that, that fat white cop from uh Live and Let Die and 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 uh Man with the Golden Gun, but with like an Irish brogue.
0: I'm just trying to think of who's better, Knick-Knack or Jaws. <laughs> I mean, I love Jaws, but he's so useless. <laughs> I mean, he's big and he's dumb and hard to kill. That's kind of his redeeming qualities. And
1: he has metal teeth that he uses to bite things, which is like he, he bites, bites a table. shark to death. And he bites a <laughs> shark
2: to death. It, did did you? Uh... Have you noticed, like, in these movies to this point, there are, like, two kinds of bad guys that James Bond fights? There are either most of the bad guys, which he can one-shot, like, punch out, which is almost everyone in the James Bond universe. He can punch one time and they fall down. Or there are the bad guys that are, like... Somehow impervious to his one shot punch, and 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 are just like a million times stronger than him, or something. Like Odd (laughs) Job and Golden Eye, right? Like Odd (laughs) Job and and Jaws, (laughs) like they just pick him up. (laughs) Oh my god! It's very silly. But there's no like middle ground. He never just has a fight with a guy. He's never like evenly matched. He's always like he's either OP or like totally out of his league.
0: Who's the guy in From Russia with Love? The henchman. He was very hard to oh, kill as Russian. well. I can't think of his that name. That would be, um... Testing our memory, our knowledge here.
1: Red, the the red, red blonde
0: guy? Red, yeah.
1: Red something? Red... Why do I think the word red is in his name? I mean, I can... Russell Redman? Look I can, him up. I can definitely... He was very,
0: yeah, he uh, He looked like... He had that quintessential bond. Oh, you were look. kind of close. Uh, it was Ronald Red Grant.
1: Thank you, Ronald Red. I knew Donald, the word. I'm sorry, Red Donald respect. Red Grant. Donald Red Grant. Yes.
0: Um, guys, we have got three movies: A New Bond. Let's jump in. Uh, we're coming off of the uh, success of Diamonds Are Forever. Sean Connery's last role at the film. He declines to return for another after completing his six um and so they go out they go looking for a new bond they consider a lot of actors including adam west and burt reynolds then they go away from americans look at a bunch of british actors you've never heard of and they ultimately set imagine adam
2: west being james bond
0: i mean i don't think it'd be bad i think it'd be different <laughs> like there is some yeah. value to that right i i
2: on the other hand i guess maybe adam west would like fit into the just silliness of this this era of Bond movies. Maybe oh, no, he'd be great. Sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm also like, maybe I'm not being fair to Adam West, but all I'm picturing is like Batman Adam West, which is ridiculous.
0: The,
1: the, maybe the, it's the just over the, the times. They would have done the, the Bond to instead of the Bat <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> That's the one thing he Bond has been right missing. In. Signature dance. Movies? Yeah. Um, however, they end up going with the man they've twice passed over. They considered <laughs> him for Dr. No, and they considered him for You Only Live Twice. Uh, and they ended up going with Roger Moore.
1: So is it Sir Roger Moore?
0: Has he been knighted? Um. Yes. Yes, yeah, Sir Roger Moore.
1: Yep. Um, a, a,
0: a most excellent order of the British Empire.
1: Yeah. So he, he started as... A, uh, he was like a comic actor, right? He was like a, like he, he appeared. I remember his first, his first, technically his first appearance as bond was in a late night comedy sketch, like similar to uh, like the British <laughs> SNL almost where he like, he played like a, like a, he played bond yep. in like a sketch where he was um like dating this Russian agent or this other, this like, co- like it was like spy versus spy kind of. And they were doing like, the whole bit with the um, exploding cigarettes and the poison, the drink and stuff like that. And um, well, yeah, that was his first, his first uh, appearance. Yeah.
0: And he also uh, after that, but before bond in the series, the saint, which ran from 62 to 69, a more serious um, spy thriller. He played a James Bond type um, in that series as well
1: in the UK. So I guess they saw that he had the chops, um, and right away, one of the one of the interesting ways that they um, make him stand out as the new Bond is that in in one of the earlier scenes in this movie, he orders a bourbon instead of a vodka martini hmm. at at a bar. A little subtle subtle way in a subtle way, trying to set him apart from um, from Sean Connery's Bond right off right off the bat. Um, and. Uh, actually, I think there might be a cute little callback to this. I don't know. I haven't really fe- dis- dis- decided whether or not it's a callback or not. I don't know what you guys would think about this. But in a future movie, in GoldenEye, which is Pierce Brosnan's first Bond uh, appearance, um, when he's meeting with Judy Dench's M, um, also her first appearance in a Bond movie, she offers him um, – or he-, he asks if she has any uh, – I think he asked her if she has any vodka stashed away or so. He's like, your predecessor kept, you know, a bottle of some type of vodka here. And she says, I much prefer a bourbon. So maybe, Hmm. I don't know. I wonder if that's some kind of callback. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Is that, is that a thing? Does that, uh, does the bourbon drinking continue through the Roger Moore films or does he, uh, fall back into vodka martinis? I don't know the answer to this, having only no, really watched the three that I watch.
1: I don't
0: remember. I'm, I I know in the in the club in Egypt in the Spy Who Loved Me, there's a joke that uh, Agent Triple X makes about knowing his classic drink order because they're spies, right. and it and it is a martini.
2: Right. right, and she knows his too. That was their their. Yep. M- Right. But anyways, we don't have to get too far ahead of ourselves.
0: No, we've got to start with Live and Let Die, the 1973 film uh, directed by Guy Hamilton. Uh, it is his third James Bond film. He previously did Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, the movie came in at a budget of seven million dollars, ended up making one hundred and sixty one million. Um, guys, they made a black exploitation James Bond film. <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess we're getting right into it.
0: I mean, I'm, I I do love the way Wikipedia describes it, so I'm going to do a very brief read through. "Live and Let Die" was released during the height of the black exploitation era, and many black exploitation archetypes and cliches are depicted in the film, including derogatory racial epithets, honky, black gangsters, and pimp mobiles.
1: It was a different time. Um, it was. I made I made a really a really uh, a really keen observation here. This <laughs> is pretty blatant, actually. It's just right out there in the open. I wrote, um, "It's one." Remember, if if you remember, Bond uh, is in Harlem, uh, which which also kind of feeds into the the theme, the black exploitation theme of this movie. They go to Harlem, they go to New Orleans. Or there's a scene in New Orleans, and there's the, the large part of the movie is takes place in Haiti. So those are just three. Um, the three parts of the Western hemisphere that, that are, are pretty much besides the Caribbean where they, they already have been in Bond films that you would think of as kind of quintessentially like black, um, or African, African influenced parts of the, of the hemisphere. So, uh, it's one when they're in Harlem, when he goes to Harlem to investigate, um, what he has to investigate there. Uh, the black CIA agent tells him this disguise you're wearing white face in Harlem. Good thinking bond. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say like,
2: uh, tastelessness, like this ridiculous stuff aside, I did think it was like genuinely funny to see like, uh, like Roger Moore, In the situation, like James Bond, in a in a situation where he was so, like, clearly, uh, out of his element, I guess, like, where he, like, I feel like that's the thing. uh, Many other times in the movie, where it's like, you know, he can fit in anywhere. He's like super smooth, like everyone likes him, and to him, like going to Harlem or whatever, and and just being like clearly sticking out like a sore thumb and being just looking totally ridiculous in the situation that he's in was kind of funny.
1: Yeah. He's um, wearing his, his bond tuxedo or his, his like dinner, dinner jacket. Right, attire. Right, he's walking, right. He's like, he walks into the, um, the club in Harlem and, and every, yeah, right. every pair of eyeballs in there is just staring right at him. Like who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, I will say it's uh, – I, I believe this is the the first, the very first Bond movie that does not depict Bond in the pre-title sequence. Other than the 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 small exception I think is from Russia with Love where there's a Bond – there's a character that's supposed to be Bond but it turns out to just be a guy in a ma- – like a Bond mask. But this is the first one that just doesn't show Bond at all. This hmm. is where the uh, – they capture that guy from the U.N. or something. He's from like a world headquarters meeting. They like. But now, I, I couldn't figure this out. They like zapped. He had like an earpiece in and they like zapped the earpiece and it knocks him out. They electrocuted him, I think. <laughs> or but no, then how did a they sound? But then they kidnapped him. But he was in a room full of people. Yeah, I
0: thought the unveiling of the bad guy's plan in this movie was really, really weak. I I thought – because they don't actually get to, like, the actual plan until an hour into the
1: movie. Right. They somehow get this guy to Haiti, which comes in the end of the title sequence. But um, then they flash over to New Orleans where they're having, like, one of those New Orleans-style funerals where they're, like, somber at first. But then they stab a guy because, of course, he's – well, whose funeral is it? It's yes, yours. one and of my favorite him.
0: lines. I love yeah. that line. Whose funeral <laughs> is it? Yours. And he just
1: stabs the guy. Shameful. That's great. That was a good line. Dies instantly, and they pick him up in the casket and like walk away with him. But then the other guy, the one that they zapped, right? Then he all of a sudden he's in he's in Haiti, in like a voodoo ceremony, uh, and um, one of the villains, uh, Baron Somdi, has like a giant snake, and it and it bites him. It was very very I thought that was a very um intricate and ornate way to to kill someone. It's not like they weren't torturing him for information. Like why go through all of that? Why why shock him then they kidnap him from the embassy and then they bring him all the way to Haiti mm-hmm. for uh, that ceremony. I I just I guess just to establish that there's going to be voodoo in this movie. Yeah. But and I think there were easier trip- to do that. They could have made like a voodoo doll of Bond, right? And they'd be like <laughs> picking him with a pin. I thought that would be a a, a much uh, a much easier way to show it. But that's true. Those snakes look so real.
0: A lot of them. were. Yes, a lot of them were.
2: I feel like there were maybe maybe it's towards the end, but there was one part where they were definitely not real.
0: Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to talk about the snake in the bathtub scene, <laughs> Yep, which yes. is way more effective than the spider in the bed from Dr. Yep. No, much better plan. But he, he's first of all, who shaves sitting in a bathtub? I'm gonna call I mean, bond out in that.
2: <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I've
1: never tried it.
0: Maybe maybe he knows something we don't. He's a refined man.
1: Shower beer, shower shave. I don't know. There might be something to that. It was an odd one. So um I thought this was easily one of the best theme songs. Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die. Yeah, because it's one we just- of definitely one of the most enduring theme songs of a bond movie
0: does anyone want to come out and say it's the best bond theme anyone, uh, no. a, anyone man no, enough I, to do it
1: I, i've thought about this i've given this some thought i think there are better there are better openings There are not many but there are some better openings this is the best one so far oh you think,
0: think some of the, the future ones,
1: ones so are better far. i do okay i do I, I have i have some i have some ideas or at least some preferences this might be the most enduring it's theme. The most successful. Yes, financially and commercially, song. I think.
0: I would bet more people know the song than have seen the movie. Yeah. Which you probably yeah, couldn't say, say about probably... many other themes. Maybe one or two Basically others. none of them, yeah. Skyfall. I think Skyfall, you would say, more people, more people had probably heard... heard the song which... than seen the movie.
2: Was that the one Adele did? Adele, yeah. yeah. That was pretty I mean, good. that was
1: huge. That one was a really one. And she really won the Oscar one. for that. She did. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that this... was actually, that was one of the ones that... I ranked a little bit higher than this, than Live and Let Die. I, uh, you I, know. Actually, I like most of the Daniel Craig themes. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Spectre theme. That's why I said most. That was probably <laughs> the only one. To...
0: <laughs> they, they won the Oscar for that one, I too, actually, which is bullshit.
1: I actually really, really liked um, probably my 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 favorite and my second favorite, uh, in no particular order, Bond opening sequences uh, and and theme songs are um, Casino Royale, yeah, Chris Cornell, um, and um,
0: Quantum of opening, Solace
1: or Quantum of Solace, Jack huh. White. Terrible movie, but really, really good opening <laughs> song, I thought. Uh, but we're getting anyway, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Anyway, those are those are great. This this was an excellent opening theme. Oh, it was great. Uh, it holds its own for sure. Uh, it has all the voodoo influences. Of course, the first time we see Roger Moore as as, as James Bond, uh, and we oh, he opens up, we we see the he meets he's meeting with M, and M is telling of James Bond's plan. What do you guys think of the the villain's plan here? I uh,
0: I think on paper it's a good plan because it's if I understand it correctly, and again, I don't think the movie does a good job of setting up the plan, but the idea is that this crackpot dictator from a fake Island country, that's basically Haiti, but they don't call it Haiti because that might be racist. um, (laughs) Is, is also portraying himself as a crime Lord drug dealer in America. He's going to grow poppies on his Island, turn it into drugs that he can take to the U S he's going to give away the heroin for free tons of it for free. He's going to get Americans hooked on heroin and then he's why can't but I can't remember the part where why can't other people sell heroin? Uh, I guess because, because
1: it's free. He's going to Well, he's going to steal it all. That was his, I think that was he was going to steal it and destroy it or something.
0: I thought the idea was that, no, that was because he was plan. flooding the market, he was going to put the other guys out of business. Sort of like Walmart coming into your town mm-hmm. and putting mom and pop shops out of business. But because then, if everyone can get it for free, why are you paying your local drug dealer?
1: But wh- wh- how? why are they paying him then?
0: But after all the other drug dealers have either moved on to other careers or have gotten oh, killed. Right. Because then you can't go like years without making money as a drug dealer. And right. everyone's already hooked.
1: So he's just going to basically outlast everybody. And then yeah. when, when selling heroin is no longer cool... Or or lucrative, he's just gonna jump right back in. Was that his exact, plan? Yes. I thought he I thought he was gonna seize all the heroin and like destroy it, except for his own supply, and then he was gonna flood the market. Uh, maybe That maybe. actually would be really I hard. think really, really hard. Yes.
0: But I don't think the other plan would work either, because I don't think the other drug dealers are just gonna like give up. Well, he wouldn't be a
1: dealer. He would be like the distributor. He'd kind of be like the he wouldn't be like the Walmart but that's true. Of he, heroin. He would be like the manu like the straight up like china he'd be like the china oh heroine. flooding our market with just cheap like, goods well just yeah manufacturing this cheap heroin and um well we don't know if it's cheap heroin it might be good quality heroin i it's, mean but it's free it's free is the bottom line i thought this was a good plan i thought this it's was a good what is a better economic plans? plan yeah i thought it was it was one of the better it's much better than the giant space machines that eat other spaceships <laughs> Which was, was I, think a, the, I think that was the plan from it was uh, di- and they recycle it again with diamonds are forever. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a great plan. So that was I mean, the Thunderball
0: plan, wasn't it? Well, yeah. And they it, by the way, basically re- spy, recycled in the
1: Spy Who Loves Me. Yes, that's the, right. And they recycle it again. And
2: yeah, <laughs> except instead of space, it's the ocean.
1: It's fine. right.
2: It's always uh, one of the two. I had a random question. I just had a random thought that has nothing to do with James Bond, really. And I assume neither of you will know the answer to this. But like, does heroin like go bad? Does it expire? I'm you know very
0: afraid expired? to. Go- <laughs> I'm very afraid to Google that. Does heroin go bad?
2: <laughs> right. The police showing up at my door. I just don't. I never considered this before.
1: I'm only gonna. I'm only gonna just go. All right. I I like to cook things. Good legal things like food. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and when I cook, I use spices in my food, and spices do expire, but it takes like three to four years. Like it takes a long time for most spices to dry out and go bad if you don't open them. All right, I'm just gonna... so maybe heroin is like that. I would have to assume. I, I think everything expires, doesn't it? Like it, it's, it's just some... it comes from a plant. It comes from a, like a like a poppy. So mm, over time, it must it must go bad. What doesn't doesn't like honey? Honey, Honey, pretty much. Honey is like the only thing that doesn't really expire. Yeah, the only thing I can think of. Uh, Consumable wise, turns out
0: (laughs) they don't publish information like that. Oh, there's a (laughs) Vice article: How to tell if your drugs have gone bad. (laughs) This is we're spiraling here. But let me see what it
1: says. Uh, in other words that's a good point uh, I mean if if these drugs went bad that seriously cuts into uh, the villain's supply
0: okay so here you go it won't go bad on its own if you leave heroin out if you keep it in (laughs) like like a seat if if you like put it in like one of those uh, freezer safe bags or something well, those food saver bags you're probably okay if it's left out for too long it actually turns into morphine if they, ter- it says, oh. this expert says, if they've turned tan or brown, then you know they've gone bad.
1: It turns into morphine, huh?
0: Yes, which is bad for you.
1: Which is also a, a drug. different thing. Yeah. Mm. So,
2: <laughs> um, unlike heroin, it's bad for you.
0: Oh, and do you yeah. want to know how to tell if your acid's gone bad?
2: <sighs> I yes. think
0: probably no. Shine <laughs> a UV light on it. If it glows, it's still good. I didn't if it know that.
1: glows, it's still good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I've, I've learned
2: so much today. Like none of these were things I was wondering. But now you but know. So if when someone asks, yeah. you will be ready. Well, Your bar
1: skills are... Or... If you're interested, we did a whole episode on how to rob a bank one time. Just yes. in case the FBI <laughs> is still listening. Part of our know? committing
0: crime series.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next week, embezzlement. Um, that's one thing we haven't done, but probably should do for real. That would be a good episode. Corporate embezzlement.
0: So, um, next up, we meet a big character in this movie. Mr. Big. I was going to go with solitaire, but we can talk about Mr. Big as well.
1: (laughs) Um, Mr. Big is, is the, wait, so. I get very confused here because there are two villains, but but they in the the end they turn out to be the same person, which was the dumbest shit ever. Like, just totally unnecessary. Like, why? I don't know why it was. It was because aren't they supposed to be like competitors or rivals or something? But it turns out they're the same guy, which I thought was neat at first. But the henchmen, do the henchmen know this? Do the henchmen aware that they're in on it? He's the same guy.
0: Some of them are because how many kind of how many of them travel case, to the island? Is the when he when he goes to the island, how many of the bad guys go with him? Like I think certain I ones. do. Just a
1: small crew. Yeah, like yeah. the higher ups. So they're on board. So what is what was the there's Mr. Big? Yeah, and Doctor Kananga. Doctor Kananga, who is the prime minister? The exact same person. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, oh, he's the prime minister, right?
0: Yes, of what is the uh, the Caribbean nation of San Monique, which it does not exist. Yes.
1: Um, he meets Bond. No, oh, no, Mr., Mr. Big meets Bond in Harlem, right? Yep. And warns him and says, like, stay out of this. Get out of here. Yep. Stop this. Yep. Um, okay, so... So he's he's basically being like um he's kinda like Harvey Dent in a way, like where he's like um he's got like a good side and a bad side, but not really. No, not they're like both bad. They're both they're bad. They're definitely right. both bad. But I mean what I mean is he's like operating in the like light like the society sphere, but he's also operating in like the shadows, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And he's trying to play both both sides. Yep. Um he goes to. Bond travels to Haiti, and this is where he meets Solitaire, right?
0: No, they meet in New Orleans. She's at his lair oh, in New Orleans.
1: Okay. In New um, Orleans.
0: I have thoughts about Solitaire. Big thoughts. Do you? I think Jane Seymour's pretty good at Solitaire, but the issue I have, and you guys have to confirm this to me, because I thought the movie made it clear, but I want to make sure we're on the same page here. Is the movie implying she's actually, literally psychic? Like seeing the future is a real thing in the James <coughs> Bond universe and she possesses the power to do so.
2: Uh, that seems to be the case.
0: That's messed up. Yes. Cause that is like a weird about. leap of faith.
1: Why, how do you, why do you think that? Why do you think that the Bond universe is like there's magic? In the Bond universe. Well, Give me an example. Like because in the movie example.
0: Solitaire, there's more than one occasion where she literally is like, oh, Bond is coming, and he's on the island, and he's alone, and he's coming. And she like knows stuff she shouldn't know because she's psychic. Like The movie implies oh, she is that she literally, is actually can literally see the future, which is only the first problematic part of her character. <laughs> oh, because then, so many. the movie implies... Bond takes her virginity, and now she's no longer psychic.
1: Well, I was just going to say that that the uh, whether she's psychic or not, it doesn't really it doesn't really last too long because Bond sexes the psychic right out of her, like pretty much. It's <laughs> crazy. That, that, that's also something you can do in the Bond universe too. Apparently, um, apparently, her psychic ability only resides on the like her whole clairvoyance. Rests solely on the fact that she is a virgin. Yep. And as soon as Bond figures this out, uh, he immediately deceives her uh, using a, using a rigged deck of tarot cards mm-hmm. to trick her into believing that she has lost the ability to tell the future. And basically, in in her in her like state of like smash low self esteem, she has sex with Bond. This might, this might be the lowest part of Bond's character. Like, this is the worst thing Bond has done. It's up This there. has to be, right? Has he I done anything know, like, worse than
2: this? Like, this is uh, Pussy Galore was pretty bad.
1: That was bad, yes. There were there were many problems with that. I agree. Yes. There were also many problems in Thunderball when he, Thunderball. he seduces uh, Dominique. Dominique? Domino. Domino, yeah. Domino. And he um, he, he just, just like moments after witnessing her brother's death, uh, he seduces her, has sex with her, and then reveals to her, oh by the way, your brother's dead. That that might be that might be well, works.
0: There's also, and we'll get to it, the spy who loved me, Triple X, uh, you killed my, my Russian lover, so I'm gonna kill you. But what if we just had sex instead and I don't kill you? She <laughs> turns true.
1: on a dime. We'll talk about that. We'll absolutely get to that. Yeah, we will later on. Uh, but there, I mean, there are some I'm, awful, awful moments here. I
2: mean, maybe uh, maybe we're reading this for all wrong. Like maybe James Bond, like Solitaire, James Bond is also magic. He's like a, a reverse siren or something. I mean, he right? can't be Where killed that's true that's true he's never died as far as i know sometimes
0: he looks like one guy and sometimes he looks like a different guy
2: <laughs> it's, it's very devious i think i'm pretty sure it was watching this movie too where i was watching it i was like i i was watching and thinking about it and i was like oh he's just a bad guy like he's a bad guy he's like not a good guy he's a bad guy <laughs> yep it's yeah, that, true. That that the government uses to do bad things, basically,
1: he, he gets <laughs> the job done. This is this is one of the most interesting parts of watching this and back as an adult. <laughs> is when you're a kid, you think he's just cool. He's like the shit. He's doing all this heroic stuff and and uh saving the day and doing whatever he has to do for the mission and all the spy gadgets and stuff and you watch as an adult and you're like wow this is like <laughs> this is not okay like he's upsetting he's crossing so many like ethical boundaries with every like decision he makes pretty much so although actually that would be kind of interesting if you taught like an ethics class to yeah. like Show a Bond movie and and like write all of the all of the ethical problems with this movie. Like, do you agree or disagree with Bond's decision here? Would you, how would you have played it differently? I don't know. That, that's 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 kind of stuff worth thinking about. I think could be fun. I agree. Um, but yeah, that that's the worst thing I've ever seen in a Bond. Movie. I, I I I take it back. What he did to Solitaire was the worst thing. <laughs> Because he crushes her self-esteem, ruins her entire reputation, possibly puts her life in jeopardy because what what is she really worth to this cartel now that she's no longer a voodoo well, priestess?
0: And, and the character I'm just going to call Dr. Mister, because he's really two people, uh, basically <laughs> says that to her and keeps repeating it even throughout the end of the movie. He keeps saying, you're worthless to me now because you've had sex with this man. And he he keeps he keeps bringing it up. You you mean nothing now that you've broken your pledge of virginity. And I'm like, that's bonkers. (laughs) What is going on?
2: This is a little unrelated, but like messed up in a similar vein. I was listening to a podcast today that was about like the hero's journey in like movies and literature and stuff. And they talked briefly about the Wizard of Oz and they like. We're saying, like, you know, Dorothy is the main character of the Wizard of Oz. She goes on this incredible adventure. And the lesson that she learns from that is uh, next time she should just stay at home because everything she needs is at home. And I was (laughs) like, no, how could they do this? I mean, I know how they could do it, but
1: there's no place like home. Very different place like
0: Kansas.
2: Yeah. Growing up is exhausting.
0: Um, let's, uh, we've still got two more movies to get through, so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going here. Let's do some quick hits. Any other thoughts, guys? I wanted to point out T. He Johnson, who had the crappiest looking claw hand prop I've ever seen in a movie. It looked like a third grader made it, um, and it was very lame.
1: Well, what was also lame was his death scene when, um, he, he gets injected with the helium and, like, blows up. Was that him? No. No, that was, that was Dr. Mr. Eric. That was that definitely Mr. Big. Yeah. That was aw- um, You know what though? That was awesome. Tiki gets pushed out of the train, right? Right. That's yeah. his death. Yeah. Um here's another thing
2: I don't understand like why after Bond this this seems to happen in this era of movies all the time, right? Like Bond kills the supervillain and then their henchman like comes after him later. Like Yeah. That, why- is, that is
1: very much a recurring thing. Yeah. You, right. th- you see it for the first time in Goldfinger. <laughs> when Goldfinger actually just bails, he actually just get escapes. But right. then he does come back at the end. Yeah. So, for revenge, I don't really know why. He could have he really could have just like sat it out and been like, well, it didn't work <laughs> out for me, but these yeah. Bob didn't kill me.
2: But then yeah, no, it was like this one and cause because he uh killed Dr. Kanaga. As as mentioned with the helium thing, and then like later he comes after him. And then like the same thing in uh I don't know about the man with the golden gun, but the same thing in Oh no, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like uh Nick-nack. in the man with a golden gun, Nick Mac comes like comes after him at the end too. Well like, even Jaws is
0: still fighting towards the end of the spy who loved me. Right.
2: Like, isn't it over? Like It's the, not over till the... is dead. I guess. I Which guess. will never They're...
0: happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> I also thought uh, a movie had some good action scenes. Not a ton, but I thought the the plane chase on the ground, where it was kind of going, and the cars were chasing the plane on the ground, and like the wings yes, got clipped off cool. the plane, and I that thought was... that was decent. And um, I don't think we can get through the end of this movie without mentioning the introduction of... What is possibly the best character in the James Bond canon? My favorite character in yours, Sheriff J.W. Pepper. <laughs> Boy!
2: I'm so glad he's a recurring character. That's too.
0: banana. You know, it's bad enough he's in one movie. When he shows up in the next one, I am flabbergasted. Who, who asks for that? The like, crowds loved the, him.
1: Who's sitting in the theater is like, oh, it's this guy. Yes! I'm so glad he's you, back. You think they
0: applauded and cheered?
1: Yes! Yeah. I wonder if they thought he. Oh, this guy, we could bring him back for like every movie. He'll get into like a wack situation spin-off. with Bond. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're that English guy who talks funny. And, um, yes. So he's just like a backwater cop, basically, in, uh, in, in Louisiana, the bayou. He's yep. a bayou yep. cop. Yep. And, uh, he's like, he tries to what does what he do who does he pull over is it is one of the CIA agents isn't it I don't like, I
2: feel like the the uh the car chase is happening right or the boat chase is yeah. happening and like he somehow like he pulls somebody over and somehow gets like wrapped up in the like he pulls over one of the henchmen or something like that and then like James Bond comes crashing through on his boat or something and it crashes into his police car and then
0: the wacky chase. It's a great chase. (laughs) I honestly do think it's a well-directed, interesting chase.
2: Yeah, the boat chase was fun. I liked when the boats like jumped on the land and like (laughs) scooted (laughs) into the water.
0: Oh my God. Well, you'll be happy to know that this movie set the Guinness World Record at the time for the uh, longest speedboat jump with the assistance of a ramp going 110 feet. There you go. So, uh, sure. apparently, 26 boats were custom built for the movie and 17 were destroyed during rehearsals before they even started filming. Oh no. So. Was um, anyone injured? Not that this Wikipedia article says, but that seems like the kind of thing the movie company would scrub from the Wikipedia article. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like *You Only Live Twice*, where the man's leg was sawed off by, yes, the, by uh, the helicopter. Helicopter, yeah. Um, there was a there was a really cool scene. And I'm trying to remember if it's in Haiti or if it was in New Orleans or in, or in uh, Louisiana. Where he Bond jumps on the alligators. Remember that? Yes. Yes. He, like, I think that was, from, and that, that was a was real a stunt. stunt. Yeah. That was like actually performed with real live alligators. Really? Which I it feel like would be trouble, super illegal today. And very dangerous. Yes. And I think, yes, like animal rights people would probably be pissed off too. But <laughs> he did. He hopped from al- real alligator to real alligator.
2: Yes. I thought that was a good bit. And also a classic, like, they left him to die.
0: Yeah, just kill him. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Literally, oh my my God, God, take just take the gun out like, and shoot him. Shoot him, That'd right? The end shoot of him it. and feed him to the alligators. <laughs> just like
1: push him in the water and at watch least shoot the one, the one of his legs if you want to see him suffer. Like shoot right. one of his legs so it's broken when the alligator comes to eat him. Like you just leave him there to his own devices. You know, he's Bond. You know he's going to find a way to get out of that shit. But
0: it drives me crazy. Um, Um, anything else on, uh,
1: just to wrap it up. I thought these were, these had to be the most ridiculous villain deaths, right? I mean, in in a world, in a movie series that is chalk full of them, like the popping guy was definitely big who, yeah, who who inflates himself and, or I don't even know. Bond sticks like a helium tube in his mouth and he like expands and just blows up. Very Looney Tunes. Yes. That's, Something that was ban- bananas. But you had that. Then you have Baron Samdi who Bond shoots in the head, but then it turns out he's actually like a statue or something because he just breaks apart. But then the real Baron Samdi comes out of the grave mm-hmm. and then Bond pushes him into a the coffin full of snakes and locks him in there. Um, And you, you think he's dead. Until he reappears at the very end of the movie on the back of the train, so he, he pulls it, a it, he pulls a bond. So, so you're absolutely right, Sean. Is this movie implying that voodoo is real and that Baron Somdi is actually like a real? Like, that's what's crazy.
0: Because like you could have easily been like Solitaire's pretending to be psychic. It's not really voodoo, but they actually go the route
1: of like, no, she's actually psychic. Right. Like, that's this guy crazy. Actually can't die because if, if this guy gets shocked. killed, he'll actually come back from the dead. I couldn't believe it. So it, this movie does kind of blur the lines a little bit between between uh, fact and fiction. Uh, and then T he gets pushed out of the train, which was the most believable of all the deaths. I thought the uh, <laughs> Baron Samedi getting like I it just seemed like when he pushes him into the coffin, it seems kind of like he I I always watch that and I think that he could have easily avoided that coffin. It's almost like he was like, oh, no. He, like, falls in it. Oh, no, I'm stuck. The snakes are biting me. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ow. So, it's, uh, I like to think, my theory is that Baron Somdi wanted Bond to succeed there. And that he was going to, like, maybe maybe the, the creators of the movie thought he, they would make, like, a spinoff. Of him, like not a spinoff, but like the next, maybe one of the future Bond movies would feature him as like the main bad guy. Interesting. Why not? You have like an ancient voodoo guy. Well, I like a, I
0: like the idea of a Bond movie where like magic exists, mm-hmm. like they're psychic,
1: like Bond meets the X Men. Like, okay, I'm on board. I'm sold. Hey, yeah, and I mean he he does he does appear again in the GoldenEye video game for N64 in a, in one of the bonus levels, oh, Egyptian. Me. He's like one. He's like in the bonus level. One of your missions is to find him and kill him. So he does. He does reappear. Actually, it blurs two movies because these two movies because you have to go into the temple, find the golden gun, and then use the golden gun to kill Baron Somdi. Naturally. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I think that wraps up *Live and Let Die*.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the golden gun,
0: we've got to move on to our next film, *1970*. Yes. You know who was missing in Live and
1: Let Die? Who? Our old pal Q. This was one of the first movies that did not have a a Q moment. They thought the movies were
0: getting too gadgety. That's right.
2: Little did they know. But he
0: comes back with a vengeance in The Man with the Golden Gun. One year later, 1974, Roger Moore returns as Bond. Guy Hamilton returns as director for his fourth and final Bond movie, uh, a budget of $7 million made $97.6 million. If the last movie's villains was black people, this movie's villains is Asian people. <laughs> um, taking us around the world, a very 1973 movie combining uh, Hong Kong action and the energy crisis.
1: Yeah. Uh, what was cool about this movie uh, was, like you mentioned, the energy crisis plays a heavy role. Oh, yeah. Um, some, an event that was actually going on at the time. Uh, plays a a, uh, a pretty big role in in um in this movie, especially tying in with the villain's plot, uh, where he is going to the villain is going to s- steal energy equipment and build his own, his like the best form of energy, and then he's going to sell it. Very actually, a lot like Live and Let Die, but instead of drugs, it's it's good like cheap energy. Yep. Uh, he's going to sell it to the masses and make a fortune.
0: Matt, can you help us out here and explain to people at Got home it. what a Solex agitator does? It agitates the Solex, of course. Oh, of when course. When you, you take this, right of, and a, side you, side you
2: agitate side. it, and it works
1: better. That's right. It gets Agitated. all riled
2: up, Sol- and you yeah. get more energy from
1: oh, it. If you okay. agitate your Solex too much, I think there is a cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Quite the MacGuffin. Um this was the last bond movie to be released uh, consecutively right after the previous movie that would never happen again, where like it was released like the, the year after the previous movie was, was out back well, yeah, to back.
0: Yeah. The spy who loved me held up for legal reasons. Indeed.
1: Um, and then they just never did it again. No, but, um, is also based on the final novel, uh, of Ian Fleming uh, he died before he finished writing the final draft. Yep. So the movie director, they they kinda he kinda had had to go off of a he had a rough draft that he was pretty much basing all of this off of. But I thought a large part of the movie, the parts that did hold up, I think were because of Christopher Lee as Scaramanga. Now this is a pretty it's a pretty weak role for Christopher Lee, but it is still Christopher Lee. So I think he did he did manage to to hold up well as a Bond villain yeah sorry about that i I didn't like like why why was he
2: like obsessed with bond like from the beginning i was it was it like you know he's supposed to be the best assassin and bond is supposed to be the best secret agent so they were like naturally he was like he wanted to be the best of the best so that's why otherwise i don't understand
0: Can, can i can i give you the honest answer yeah. It's because the movie needed him to be. I mean
1: there really is no good reason for why Well this kind of this gets into the age-old problem of these these movies which is is if Bond is a secret agent <laughs> why do so many people know who Bond is? Yeah. And and in yeah. that case that means he's a terrible secret agent because you, nobody should know who he is and what he does. <laughs> but yet he, this guy has a has a, a literal mannequin statue made out of him uh in 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 diamonds are forever the the woman references him and is like do you know who you just killed you just killed james bond when when they're in the elevator fight scene and bond switches ids with yep. the guard it, like implying that she knows who james bond and is what he looks like and what he looks
0: like and it's on the front page Which, of that hong kong newspaper says commander bond killed with his photo <laughs> right, right. Well, if,
1: I mean that was back in in You Only Live Twice. You you would have thought everybody would have been like even if they did know who Bond was, they would have been like, "Oh, he's dead now." They wouldn't like they wouldn't still think he's alive. I yeah, it's it's a problem with it's a problem with a lot of these movies is that you should not know who Bond is. He's a secret agent for a reason, but he must be the worst secret agent ever because so many people know his identity and his claim to fame. Like the reason he's famous, so. I,
0: you know, the the thing about Scaramanga for me is I like the idea of a rival assassin to Bond, right? A guy who's always one step behind Bond, but he's always trying to get him and thinks Bond is great and idolizes him while at the same time wanting to kill him. I think that's a really good idea. I don't think it's executed particularly well in this movie because you're right, the motivation is kind of vague. They they mix in the solar agitator, not high fat and all this asia stuff which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um Manga goes away for parts of the movie and then comes back. You don't quite know what his gimmick is and then he's like killed really easily at the end of the movie. So it's kind of a bummer for me. You really only get that between Bond and him you only get that what like one really good scene at the table when they're at his compound on the island where they have a nice interaction but they don't interact in the movie all that much I just think it was a waste I like the idea and it was really I thought poorly executed
1: I thought the best the best interaction they had was actually at when they went oh, to the, at Muay the thai, boxing ring the Muay yeah. Thai competition yeah, yeah and, I agree and he and he kills he kills Bond's uh friend in yep. the like audience but he doesn't like he ha- like he can't react to it i guess because yeah. that'll give that was a great away. scene. That was a good yeah. scene. That was an excellent and he also he ha- he has the uh solar agitator on the floor and then um trying to get it with his foot the lady comes and takes bit. it but then she like messes up because she's a bond woman <sighs> Can we talk about goodnight for a minute? Up. Oh my yeah. god. Is is Why? goodnight the
0: worst? Like she's she, she might be so worse bad.
1: than she's probably worse than uh the diamonds lady diamonds are forever
0: yeah i still like her I, we still disagree on that yeah you I still her. think I, she was great i
1: thought she she started out really strong like she had a lot of potential but then she she was messed up by the end of the movie but yeah,
0: tiffany case
1: tiffany case i yeah. thought she
0: was great and way better than Goodnight.
1: she I was
2: don't understand I don't like good night yeah. doesn't add up right like she's supposed to be there like working for mi6 like why would she be incompetent? She wouldn't be incompetent. It doesn't make any sense. And also at the beginning, she like isn't incompetent. They like go out of their way to make it seem like she knows stuff. And then.
1: Well, they did the same every, thing with Tiffany case. Like they, they made her seem like really strong, a strong character out of the gate. And then like, as the movie, like all of a sudden she just becomes a, like a, like a, like a, like a dumbass halfway through. Well,
0: and and Col- <laughs> Colby's right. That. She's supposed to be with the best of the best. This, we didn't touch on it in Live and Let Die, but the first African American Bond girl, Rosie Carver, who is supposed to be an agent, like just screams and yells, ah, she's scared all the time and then gets killed really easily. Like it's such a weak.
1: Well, she like, also bond turns girl. out to be like a triple agent. Well, like, that's she's true like, as well. She betrays him and then she is back on his side, but then betrays him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that you have to wonder is it like is that was that another racial thing like mm. that they're snuck in there is like well black bond girl means that of course she's going to be working for
0: that's true there were any of the black other bond girls double agents i guess other than from russia oh, yeah. with love it's
1: it's happened before uh well there's not dr a, dr no dr.
2: Nell, there was that first that lady who's like the sure. the secretary <laughs> goes back to her place and they try and run him off the road on the way there yep and, and then
1: yeah. Fair it enough. It definitely happens again. World is not enough is the one that sticks out most to my but, mind.
0: But what bothers me more about Goodnight is not the only lecture. she is competent, but mm-hmm. she's also so horny for Bond. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, it was it was like she was both dumb and oh my god, it was so <laughs> the acting was bad. Like I really try not to hate on actors because I realize it's not always their fault. It's sometimes the script or the director or whatever. She's genuinely Bad in
1: this movie. I'm sorry, it's awful. Yeah. She was she was a problem. Another problem. This theme song, probably the worst Bond theme song. Yes, Lulu. Yeah. Who sang it? Yeah. Just awful. Not the a good song. She just sings the man. Like the lyrics make no sense. The the song is terrible. <laughs> yeah, probably the best. Like arguably the best Bond theme song. Followed up with arguably the worst right, right after that. Do you know who was originally supposed to sing the song?
2: No.
0: Alice Cooper.
2: Interesting. Was it going to be the same song?
0: Um, no, he wrote a different song, so it wasn't exactly the same, but he, he actually did write the song and the producers just ended up going for Lulu's instead. And then he did later release the song. I've never heard it. Hmm.
1: Really? Um uh, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Colby's googling.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bad theme song. Um let's see. Uh other stuff in this movie. Uh the first shot of the movie is a man with three nipples. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that. Which comes back it's, later when James Bond gets his own fake nipple.
1: Best Q invention ever. I wrote I wrote fake <laughs> nipples of- <laughs> on my sheet. This England, this is where your tax dollars are going forget about the EU they're going to Q branch so that he can design fake nipples for secret agents. And It was a good looking fake nipple. It was the best, the best that, uh, that British Parliament money could, could buy. Could buy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> best that the pound could offer. Um, you mentioned before how, you know, if, if, if live and let die was black people are evil, then this movie was, uh, was, was Asians are evil. um, and this movie, when this, when um, when *Live and Let Die* was out, the, just the year prior, black exploitation was a big thing in in, in cinema. You yep. had like *Shaft* and and all the movies of that era. When this movie came out, a new fad was starting to corner the market: the kung fu movie. So, um, you had a uh, um, was this when big trouble little china was out or maybe that was later um or kung fu hustle maybe this was like the era when kung fu was starting to be like kung fu movies were starting to like break break into the the mainstream uh audiences so i think they did a little bit of that especially when they go to the muay thai tournament they uh bond fights those those um kung fu people in the dojo or in the temple he like fights each one of them one and of them the guy's like black, so you know he's like the bad like the most tough one. Yeah. Right. And
2: then the guy, uh the guy shows up with his daughters and like they're <sighs> all kung fu
1: experts. Uh, oh yeah, the twin girls, yeah. That was dumb. And, and they kick ass, yeah.
0: I did think I did think the hand to hand fighting was at least interesting to look at. Especially when Bond does his little bit, um, right before they escape one on one. I thought that was at least watchable. I mean, that's, you know, again, you, you don't, we've talked about this in previous episodes, you don't see a lot of that type of fighting in movies anymore, like the long, unbroken shot, real hand, I mean, they're stunt guys, but real hand-to-hand fighting. Um I thought it was at least, it, it was well done.
1: Yeah. Uh it, it made it interesting, at least. It was, it was something different. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh... I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I wrote down, um, there's one scene where he's at the club after he gets the, he gets the golden bullet out of that girl's stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a fight, a fight scene ensues. Well, I think this might've been a blooper in there. If you, um, if you, uh, look in the mirror, like the dressing room mirror, Mm -hmm. you see the, in the reflection, the reflection of the mirror you see the the whole camera crew. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what this, a goof. I think this was a blooper, like a, like a goof that was in there. Huh. Um, If you pause it at just the right spot, you can see the entire... Like, the mirror is actually a real mirror that oh, is that's reflecting, awesome. reflecting what's, you know, on the other side. And what's on the other side is just a bunch of people with cameras, and you can see the whole set, and it's pretty funny, <laughs> I actually. I like that. It's like a split little second goof that they, they forgot to edit in post, so... Uh, Really, yeah, funny, funny moment there. Um, Another funny moment was when uh, the return of our, of everyone's favorite, uh, everyone's favorite uh, officer, Officer uh, Dinwiddie, what's his name?
0: (laughs) Officer Uh, Dinwiddie? No, it's J.W. Pepper. (laughs) J.W. Pepper. Who is somehow on vacation in Bangkok.
1: Yeah. Not explained. With his
0: wife, right? With his wife. Just uh-huh. conveniently, of, and then of course they're they're on like some bad boat tours. He tries to buy a wooden elephant, and he's he's being really racist. Doesn't he call <laughs> them like pointy heads and other various? He says something
1: really, yeah, like really m- messed up. That I guess would be really messed up today, but back then it wasn't a big deal. Well, I so think is that, that's a, that's audience, what I can't
2: I can't figure out is like is he supposed to be like this caricature that makes the rest of it okay or something like look how racist this guy is he's no I, I don't
1: i i i don't think they thought that far i don't think they thought that far into it i thought they they probably thought oh this guy's funny he'll say some really <laughs> funny racist stuff and the, the, our audiences will laugh at it i think he was there he was like a comic relief guy
0: i've got right. a I mean, uh, today
1: we look back and we're like wow that's that's messed up <laughs> that's why is this right. guy that's, in this that- movie that's
2: the thing where it's well, it's like it's so bad it seems ridiculous. like it it couldn't be like I was watching it. I was like, this this has to be like a bit like this is like satirical, but I guess maybe not. Which is a shame. <laughs> it's really unfortunate.
0: <laughs> one, of, one of one of the lines when he gets arrested after the big chase, uh, he, you can't do this to me and I want my wallet back. Take these goddamn bracelets off. I'm going to sue you for false arrest. Police brutality. I've got connection, you brown pointy heads. I'm going to get oh the God, FBI on really? you yeah. and the CIA. God damn it. I'm going to get Henry Kissinger. Now look at me when I'm talking to you, boy. Wow. Um, among other things.
1: I didn't even catch Ugh. that. I didn't catch that the first time I saw the movie. That is Oh, some here's a, here's a, here's a
0: goddamn little brown water hog. Wow. He's got some great That's lines. Some, is that really something he says? According to IMDb quotes lines, or another one when his wife is like, "Oh, look, JW. I just got to have me one of those cute little elephants." And she goes, "Elephants were democrats, Maybell." Um <laughs> Get your <laughs> cotton-picking schnoz out of my pants, he says yes, to the this elephant.
1: Guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. This guy <laughs> is definitely there to to make American audiences laugh. That's what I can't figure out also <laughs> is that Bond's a British secret agent. The movie's being, like, made by by Brits, right? Yep. But not really. I mean, I guess you have, like – Actually, the, a lot of the producers and stuff are not British, right? Like – uh.
0: It's not as British but as it used still to be. Like a,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I figure like a lot of that is playing into like American audiences. I don't think that like British audiences are going to think that that's like that funny. Like a joke about Democrats or Republicans. <laughs> but I don't know. That, uh, yeah, he's a problem. I'm glad he never shows up again and uh he's there for the whole
0: chase great chase the, the best great part chase. was when
1: bond gets in the car and, he, and he's in the car and you wonder like what is he what why is he why is he test driving these cars yes on his he's vacation. on
0: vacation test driving the new amc hornet well product placed
1: <laughs>
0: in bangkok yes yes <laughs> but but i like the ch- i thought the chase was really fun with the car. I thought it was well directed and it has that fantastic 360 car flip stunt.
1: Yes. With the slide whistle. That, oh, ruins, no, it off. The that slide... ruins it I
0: all. I literally, I think I screamed out loud when that happened in the movie. Cause I'm like, no, that's <laughs> the dumbest thing.
1: I, I was so that mad.
0: Slide whistle, sound
1: effect. Dot dot. dot.
0: And what's really, fu- there's a great quote um, about that. Uh, I want to talk about the stunt a little bit, but it says right here, Um, composer John Barry added the slide whistle. Um, Barry later regretted his decision, thinking the whistle, quote, broke the golden rule as the stunt was, for all it's worth, a truly dangerous moment. True James Bond style. The sound effect was described as simply crass.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: That brings into focus the lack of excitement in the rest of the film and is spoiled by the use of comedy sound effects.
1: This is a a problem that, uh, up until this point, I think a lot of the Roger, like the, the previous one had this too, is that it's it's like they abandon realism, and this is where they start delving into um fantasy. like as much escapism and fantasy as they can, which yeah. I think they they sort of hone in and bring back with the next one a little bit. They go back to a more realistic plot, and uh, I think they I think they learned they learned some lessons here with this movie. This movie was like, more like a grand adventure of Bond, um, but it but it definitely sacrificed a lot of the a lot of the realism. Yeah, very cool, corny. And there's the little midget, or uh, what is his name?
0: Knickknack, Nick-nack.
1: Nicknack, yeah, yeah, knickknack. Yeah. Um, I thought his literal name was midget. I wasn't trying to make a.
0: They call him that in the movie, either,
1: but they do. But they they say a lot of really awful things in the movie that that I I like to think we're we've evolved <laughs> past, but. <laughs> then again, like, these movies were only like what, like twenty years ago, thirty years—I mean, no, like forty years ago. But mm. I don't Tons know. Changed.
2: I feel like, like simply simply crass applies to m- m- more than just the slide whistle. Whistle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I did write on my sheet, and I, to be quite honest, I don't remember what was happening when I wrote this, but I just wrote, is it bad that I want Bond to die at this point? <laughs> I don't even remember why I wrote that. When did you want him to die? It, 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 I mean, would, have been, it would have been late in the movie, according to my notes. Um, when, he, when he's
1: wearing the third nipple? Yes, that was probably it. That was probably how, it. How amazing is it that that disguise somehow works? Well, because like, nobody, nobody's seen sees Like, Scaramanga. these guys have never seen his it's face crazy. before. They just know that he has a third nip. That's, like, the crazy. only thing I, they know about I him. I thought it was, like, because
2: Scaramanga was there, like, I thought it was, like, they were expecting him. So, like, he wasn't fooling them, but they were expecting him to come, and they wanted him
1: to come. Oh, you're probably right trapped. about that. Yeah, it was yeah. all a trap. In that case, the, like... I, I guess it worked once. Meaningless. Yeah, right. it worked, I mean, it worked before when Sean Connery's Bond dressed up in Japanese face, and <laughs> that that totally worked. He had everybody fooled, especially his excellent Japanese. He mastered it. really. Yes, that's right. His flawless Runded accent. Right in. Um, and uh, maybe he thought it would work again. Maybe he just Bond. Another tenet of the Bond universe is that everybody who's not Bond is an idiot.
2: Just everybody's eyesight is really poor
1: <laughs> yeah i actually like the same, scaramanga death i wrote scaramanga death is cool great plan by bond
0: i mean it is but at the same time you you build him up as oh my god he's the best assassin in the world he's a smart he's been training his whole life to kill james bond and all james bond does is like go
1: around his creepy funhouse. Well, he just got, he, he yeah. He, well, he, I don't know how he had the time. How did he have time to put all of those clothes on? Because he fine. dresses up like the mannequin. But, he but think up about like it, Matt.
0: Bond this spends gets- a significant portion of his time undressing and getting dressed. So he's got to <laughs> yeah, be pretty good, good at it by now. He's, he's practiced, yeah. But I knew, I knew as soon as I saw the wax figure, I'm like, oh. Bond's gonna pretend to be the wax figure, like, because why else would it be there? It was so obvious.
1: There's no reason. Yeah. Bug
0: the hell out of me. Oh, a, a anatomically like two two size, one hundred percent accurate wax sculpture of G- Where do you even get that?
1: And He probably had it custom made. Again, he bad was secret
0: agent. When you can make an exact replica of him. Yes, that doesn't make any sense. Like, um. Let's talk about the funhouse a little bit. Uh, It's one thing I really liked. I made this in the know. I thought this was a smart thing by the writer where we actually see the funhouse in action at the beginning of the movie where anonymous bad guy assassin is used to test the sort of course and what I like is when we get to the end of the movie, we, the audience, know what Bond is going to do, is going to see before he sees it. And it creates a different form of tension within the audience. And I really like the fact that they let us, let us, the audience, see the course before Bond saw it. I thought that was kind of a smart idea.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, because you, you don't you don't know uh, like how Bond is going to use it. Well,
0: and you're like, how's he going to react to the like uh, the mannequin that shoots at him, or how's he going to react to the mirrors? How's he going to react to these things? And you're like, oh, we saw how the first guy did it; he failed. Oh, th- ba- this is how Bond's doing it differently because he's smart because he's Bond. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat because I think if Bond had just gone through it, you would have been like, what is going on with this weird place? Yeah. I think you needed to have that ahead of time.
1: This uh, the mirror concept comes back in specter doesn't it don't they do something with mirrors? i have not in Spectre? seen specter okay I don't I, well look look for it later on um when you I do like... watch specter the the villain there i think also uses um uses mirrors to some degree so i wonder if th- that was like kind of a little either a nod to man with golden gun or if it was like just a direct rehash and the directors didn't even realize but i bet it was intentional somehow homage yeah
0: any uh any thoughts on knickknack
1: are we pro or con Knack? i mean he fits with this movie uh it's not as he's not as strange surprisingly not as strange as um the villains of diamonds Mr. Kid and Mr.
0: Oh, Mr. Kidd and I forgot about those guys. Those strange oh, men, no. like because
1: they're just strange and they're strange for the sake of being strange. Whereas the uh knickknack, he he fits in with this movie like he belongs in in yeah. this movie.
0: I think it's well acted. I I think yes. it's interesting. I think I think the fight scene on the boat at the end of the movie after Scaramanga's dead, is actually pretty good. I mean, he does get captured in a suitcase, which is kind of ridiculous, but um, I think some of that is pretty interesting. So I I don't think he's a a bad character. A good henchman. A good henchman. A well-fleshed-out henchman.
1: Yes. I would say so. Because
0: the gimmick isn't that he's short, I don't think. I mean, I know that's definitely part of it, but I think the gimmick is just that he's really good at what he does. You know, Jaws Hmm. has metal teeth. That's his whole thing. When you look at Knickknack, you're like, oh, he's actually
1: a, a well rounded human being. He's cunning. Yeah, he's cunning and he's he is he is a, a loyal henchman, yeah.
2: That's yeah. true. But And then uh then Goodnight blows up the whole island just uh being ditzy.
0: Oh my god, when when Bond was in the thing <laughs> trying to take out the uh and she kept Bumping! Didn't her ass at one point push a button on the console? Oh yep. my god! That's probably where I wrote. Can Bond please die already?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <Yep>. yeah. <sighs> Heavy so, sigh. Well, yeah. Um, any any last thoughts on this one?
1: Um, I, I thought it was an interesting escapist bond it definitely wasn't my favorite bond and watching it again i think i liked it even less this time but i did appreciate the um the villain's plan in this movie the fact that it did have to do with the energy crisis that was going on at the time i thought that was pretty cool um not many bond movies do that although like some will allude to real crises going on at the time or real issues that are happening like world is not enough with terrorism tomorrow never dies with the media um golden eye with giant satellites that shoot lasers from space and the crumbling soviet union yep. <laughs> but um the uh the, yeah this one this one uh was was very like contemporary and i like that
0: I really did not like this movie. This was a two-nighter for me. I couldn't finish it in a single sitting. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. I also didn't care for Live and Let Die. I don't think they're bad movies. I just don't think they're good. And at this point, when I'm wrapping up and moving on to Spy Who Loved Me, I am so selling Roger Moore as James Bond.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'm going to reserve judgment because there's still many more movies to watch with him in it. But at this point, I'm at a low point, And then we go into The Spy Who Loved Me. Yes, which I think I think is a very different movie than these first two.
1: Yeah, I think this is this is the the uh, producers, directors, writers respond. The team uh, responding to like the the departure of Bond from the world. Like you really have the last three movies pretty much. You have Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die and Man with Golden Gun are all departures from They're gimmicky movies. Realist Bond. Yeah, they're escapist Bond. Yeah. Um, and I think people will say – will agree that, they, that it started with Diamonds, uh, went, like, even further off the rails with Live and Let Die, oh, yeah. and then was, like, out in – it was out in La La Land with uh, with with Golden Gun. And now Spy Who Loved Me is very much it's bringing it back to – Yeah, it's bringing it back to, like, early Bond, getting back to his roots. Uh, he's got a – it's very, very much Spy versus Spy, uh, dealing with, like, real um, – diplomatic issues.
0: Well, uh, well, well, let's dig into the spy who loved me before we do. I just wanted to wrap up, um, golden gun by saying one in 18 people have an extra nipple. Mm-hmm. So don't feel we're well, shaming anybody. Cause we're
1: not. That's a lot more than I thought. You know, it's Wikipedia says 18. it's true.
0: Okay. Um, next up The Spy Who Loved Me uh, as you mentioned Matt a bit of a gap between this and The Man with the Golden Gun three years due to legal issues Guy Hamilton is out Roger Moore sticks around but they bring in Lewis Gilbert who had previously directed You Only Live Twice um, bringing back the franchise here the film uh, as I mentioned released in 1977 a budget of 14 million made 185 million at the box office uh, we go to a new location for the first time we go to Egypt uh, in Italy for a chunk of this movie Um, I have to say, I thought the opening of this movie was really, I'm gonna say a lot of nice things about this movie, but I really like the, the opening of this movie because you start with this sort of mysterious sub attack and you're like, what's going on? We're introduced to triple X and I'm like, Ooh, okay, lady bond. I'm on board. Um, and then the ski chase, which is an awesome action sequence to open the movie. Fun fact, um, at the time, the most expensive action stunt ever filmed uh it cost half a million dollars wow
2: well um and
0: i thought That's that crazy. was just a great way to start the movie
2: yeah i i liked the like when they were do they were doing the 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 james bond triple x like parallels where they were cut it would cut between and then they also did the, they tricked you where you thought like the guy was going to be the James Bond guy, but it was actually the lady. She was triple X. And then, uh, I don't know. I just thought that the, yeah. And then the ski chase is super cool when he fucking skis off the cliff and like has the British flag parachute. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous slash awesome.
1: I was cheering. I was cheering. I was very <laughs> excited. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, very much Bond getting back into form, you know, there's a British Secret Service agent. Uh, I, I even wrote here, yeah, wait, isn't this the same exact plot, the same exact villain plot as You Only Live Twice? It absolutely Underwater is. subs instead of spaceships. It yeah. absolutely is. Co- s-
0: sowing world chaos with nuclear weapons. Yes. Ben Be- um, done. There's nothing original about the
1: plan. Except it's underwater. Except now. it's underwater. This is the first time that a Bond movie uh, would have nothing to do with the book by the same title. Yep.
2: Interesting. Yep.
1: Yep. So.
0: Uh, it's a, um, so, the, so the real gimmicks of this movie, uh, which I don't really think come off as gimmicks is Lady Bond, triple X, the original triple X, not Vin Diesel. Don't get confused. Um, Anya, um, Ama- Am- Anya Amasova, uh, played by Barbara Bach, uh, who I think is really great in this movie, um, is sort of the Russian version of James Bond and that they have to team up in the movie, um, to take on Carl Stromberg um who is the main villain a megalomaniac to create a new civilization underwater who i also thought was very good in this movie i thought he mm-hmm. was a good villain i agree his plan was weak but i think as a villain he was at least entertaining i think his lair was dope dope lair um popping out of the, the water sh- the, the the all the fish and stuff
2: the shark elevator
1: yep yeah
0: Pretty
1: uh cool. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the very cool underwater layer. I I, uh, I like the set piece. Sure. Uh, and
0: what I like is this movie I feel relies less on Roger Moore to carry it than I thought the previous two did because the other characters are so interesting and engaging. When you look at a film like... I'll say maybe live and let die a little bit more, but it's none of the villains or Bond girls you really you really like get excited about. Like They're there and they're doing their thing, but you really have to lean on Roger Moore to be the center of the movie. And I think he doesn't succeed when that's the case. He doesn't have the charisma of Sean Connery to carry an entire movie on his shoulders. And what I like about this is you're like, when all these pieces come together and he's just one of them,
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: that makes for a better movie.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: and and then later when we start to get into some of the funny moments in the movie they don't feel forced they feel naturally funny the jokes land better because he has a better character to play off of in Triple X and out of off of um Stromberg and i think mm. it's it, it just works better to his advantage to have a movie structured like this
1: yeah um this this movie also has it does it does what previous Bond movies notably Golden Gun and Diamonds do in that it introduces a strong female lead but I thought for the very first time she actually carries herself throughout the entire film as a strong Bond woman like the first for the first time ever there's at no point where I'm like why are they making her look like a dumbass or why are they making her seem as in Sean's immortal words earlier horny for Bond um mm. it, it, like she is her own character she's her own woman and she's, mm. she's i think she's very Until strong the end of the movie but even then i mean she makes like a questionable decision I mean, she, she's literally it's her
0: decision. she's literally holding a gun to his face because <laughs> yes. he killed her lover and all bond says is something like take your clothes off and then she just does it <laughs> and then forgets about killing him like, that's, that's magic. No, I think he says, well, if you're going to do it, make it quick. Oh, no, no, he wants one last so, request. Take your clothes okay. off, I believe no. is the line. Doesn't,
2: doesn't, doesn't he say, Look, can't we get out of these wet things
1: or yes. something that's, like yeah, that?
0: Yes, Oh, yeah. gross. So gross. Yes. I don't Horrific.
1: Know. But then, I, then she ends up shooting the champagne bottle instead, which could have gone horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, was that's sure just that a fraction of an inch off. I liked... I don't know like maybe we're supposed to think like she was just messing with him when she was threatening to kill him like she had already decided not to but I don't know I did like the part when like they were on the boat right like they get stuck in the desert the car breaks down in the desert and they walk and they get to the boat and then he's doing his James Bond thing and she totally plays him and gets away
0: yeah
1: that was awesome yeah that was really, really it makes cool. the
0: format feel fresh
1: it, yeah, and it she knows what
2: she's doing she's supposed to know him like she knew his favorite drink obviously she knows like his his playbook right yeah and she totally uses it again that's him. what
0: bums me out about them getting together at the end like I kind of would have liked it better if they just if she was just like we're rivals and that's fine and it is what it is but I'm not gonna sleep with you like <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but then it wouldn't be a James Bond movie, would it? No. Um, I thought the, I thought the stuff in Egypt was really good. I thought doing the pyramids, uh, Sphinx action sequence at night was really interesting because of the way it was lit. I thought that was a really fun sequence when jaws chases them around that sort of temple looking thing. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, when he's kind of tearing the car apart and they're bantering, um, I just thought the, the all those pieces uh, were really fun to look at. Um they had a lot of fun shooting in Egypt. Um is my that, thought.
1: Yeah, that was that was a yeah, they they really they worked the set. So it wasn't completely wasn't completely dull. Like just because it was more realistic, it, it, they still had a lot of really uh good good set pieces, good locations. I thought. Um, yeah. And he, even the set pieces that they created, like the underwater base, work really well. Absolutely. Uh, oh, he recycles the... Um, he uses the woman as a human shield again, like he did in oh, yes. Goldfinger. Right. I think he also did it in... Uh, when, what was the other time he used the woman for as a He's, like, dan- with he's dancing with her. He's dancing with her. Oh, that like, might have oh, been Diamonds tired. Are Forever. Ep- diamonds, yes. Yeah, yeah, he does it again here. Um, Egypt, I think. Oh boy, yeah. these are starting to blend together. Rest, see, there's the yeah.
2: So again, he's a bad guy. He is not a good guy. He's a bad guy.
1: I did really, I I really like their conversation, Anya's and Bond's conversation in um, in when they're at the the bar place in in Egypt. Yeah, and uh. And and I think they they lay like reveal just enough about each other uh, that it, and they they you know she talks about how his her love was killed by Bond, um, which I think she knows at the time. But they, Bond is uh yeah she definitely knows it right at that point. But but Bond is like is like playing it off like it, like she probably doesn't know. I thought like, like I'm not going to tell her. Right.
2: Cause they, I, f- I feel, like didn't he like at some point they're together and he let something slip about being in Austria or something. And she asked, Yeah, that when. was later in the movie. Yeah,
1: I think that was later in the movie. No, yeah.
0: What was interesting about the bar scene? I have the line here. Uh, Anya says, uh, And this is an interesting pass, a rare reference to a past James Bond film. Commander James Bond recruited to the British Secret Service from the Royal Navy, licensed to kill and has done so on numerous occasions. Many lady friends, but married only once. Wife killed. Mm. And then he interrupts her, says, all right, you've made your point.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. What's interesting interesting about that is I think um, that line, not only is it a rare reference to an earlier film, but it kills the fan theory. That every Bond actor is a different person. Yep. Because that was George, La- a reference to the George Lazenby movie on Her Majesty's mm. Secret Service, um, and uh, Roger Moore being different actor is still the same Bond. Because there is a prevailing fan theory that every Bond actor is a different, um, a completely different Bond, yep. like character, basically. Uh, that 07 is um uh, just the title of this person that happens to also be Bond. Like so but that that yeah that line just kills that theory. It's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah. That's and I like that. I like that. Cause that is really the most vulnerable that you ever see Bond. I I think until until the Daniel Craig movies where he's just all vulnerable all the time. But yeah. Um I wrote that Anya is actually the equal of Bond. Yes, that's awesome. Which is awesome. Yes, I wrote, "Wow!" exclamation point. <laughs> Very cool. How how terrifying was it when Jaws popped out of that closet? And when he's on the train, I forgot yes, about. that It was that a good part. jump scare. I scared the pants out. Yes, yeah, that was a jump scare. Yeah, scared the crap out of me. Are, are I was we, not ready for it. Are we pro or con Jaws?
2: I like Jaws. Plus, uh, it's dumb, but
1: I
0: like it. <laughs> I mean, it is. I would say very dumb.
1: I, I'm, I'm con because I mean, I like, I like Jaws, but he's another character that I like. They make him into a recurring character, and I think that's why I like him is because he comes back from into like from another into another movie. It's like that dumb, the dumbass sheriff. Is like oh okay, He's something familiar. Yeah, and some the for fact the eyes. Cheerful doesn't say anything is is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: So then let me ask this. Here's a little thought experiment for you. Let's say you're a bad guy, a James Bond villain. Okay, who would you rather have as your henchman, Jaws or Ajah or um, who was the one with the hat? N- yeah, it was Oddjob. Odd Oddjob, right? Okay.
1: Because I feel like they're both lame in different ways. I think I would probably rather have Jaws as my henchman. Because he's. More, I think he'd be more intimidating. Oh, for just, sure.
2: Yeah. Just, uh, just going by results. Like, Jaws makes it multiple movies.
0: True. <laughs> but I feel like, but again, all Jaws can really do is beat people up for you. I feel like Oddjob could also, like... Handle other like like a mix like a knick knack mixed with <laughs> right like, right he could he could do other things like, yeah besides. Jaws is just a big guy yeah right. and he's very big
1: that's true yeah. that's true sizable villain hmm. that's a good yeah. question You could also out there sharks. tweet
0: tweet with the hashtag uh, if you would like to have Odd Job on your team hashtag I'd hire Odd Job and if you'd like to have Jaws hashtag I'd hire Jaws.
1: Team jaws and parentheses, team not,
0: not the shark, but the guy. Well, if from you're, the if Bond you're movie.
1: playing Goldeneye, you want to, you definitely want to have Oddjob on mm. your team because his his hat could kill you instantly.
0: Can we do, Matt? Do we have to do an episode where you and I play Goldeneye? Yes. I've never we, played it. Somehow we got to figure that. We have to figure I'm that sure out. I'm sure there's
1: a port somewhere. I'm sure there is. Okay. <laughs> or, or if not, we'll just play it like when we both have off or something. All right. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll, we'll have
0: fall. to. Um. All right. What What other things happen in this movie that are interesting? Um. Submarine car. New Bond yeah, car.
2: I love. I love the submarine car.
0: That is. A, that's the. It's the Lotus. Uh, Esprit. Uh, Esprit. Esprit. L- Lotus Esprit. Um, it's a sexy car. That's a. That's a good looking like late seventies car.
2: It looks like it could really be a submarine. Which
0: yes. Is- uh, that's a good Bond gadget.
2: Yeah. It is. Um, Is this... So, I, I don't remember when this bit... The bit between him and Q starts where, like... Q was like, bring it back in one piece this mm. time, please. And he never does.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> but that's, like, one of my favorite parts of the movies. But this one... This is what...
1: Yeah, I that mean gets, it, it happens
2: when Q gives him the car.
1: Yeah, that I think that gets uh, that definitely gets to be like a like a recurring, ha ha ha, screw you! You spent all this money on this one thing, and Bond ruined <laughs> it. That's so funny. Like yeah, all that think- time and effort you spent building it, and Bond just went and broke it. I think I want to say when John Cleese comes in, they they play that up a lot more, like a lot more for Mm. yucks. Like his, his like more like nutty professor kind of take on Q. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. They, they play that up (laughs) for sure. Like, you know, Bill makes something really expensive and take a lot of effort. (laughs) And it.
2: they also have the, the classic like Q laboratory scene in this one where they're walking through and just like, The technician people are using like random things to blow up things
1: (laughs) yeah yeah right q q tech yeah q branch yeah
0: yeah you know there's one interesting thing i just happened to come across online as i was reading some stuff did you know that carl stromberg in this movie is the first bond villain whose grand scheme does not involve making a lot of money
1: what was his theme? What was his scheme? To just sow
0: destruction in the world. Because at one point, Bond's like, all right, we'll, we'll pay you. How much money do you want to not do this? Basically, the earlier guy's plan. Um, and he goes, I'm not in it. I don't want money. I'm not in it for
1: the money. He's like, the joke? I, I,
0: I want to destroy the world.
1: Just wants to cause <laughs> chaos. Some men just want to watch the world burn. It,
0: yes, exactly. Like Karl Stromberg. <laughs>
1: the- 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 yeah,
2: certainly a bold plan, like a lot of confidence to think that you could survive indefinitely underwater.
1: Doesn't Spectre not want, do they, well, they do want money because they eventually make the demand where oh, they want all the world leaders to pay them yep. one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and they all laugh. Yep. I think it was oh, a little boy. more than that, but. It was, it was still something. It was comically that, like, small. I think, I think was it was like a hundred million. Yeah. By <laughs> standards is like, which back then was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought this was a, this was a bond ass bond film. Oh, this That's was what great I wrote down in the notes. Bond ass bond, large British flag, parachute action sequences, exotic locations, seducing women being cool. A highlight reel of the bond saga.
0: I strongly agree. This, for me, it was a throwback Bond. This really yeah. felt like a '60s Bond, not a '70s Bond,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. I liked a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say we would all agree this is the this is the strongest of the three movies. Uh, tonight's, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, tonight's yeah. movies, yeah. How does it stack up with the movies we've seen up to this point?
0: Oh, boy, that's a good question. I would probably say. It's maybe my second or third favorite. I thought Goldfinger was better. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really, Diamonds are Forever is just weird. But I like that it's weird. I'm not saying it's good, but I like <laughs> that it's weird. Um, but those would probably be my top two would be uh, The Spy Who Loved Me and, and Goldfinger
1: for me. That's Okay. What about you, Colby?
2: I like the Spy Who Loved Me. I always liked The Spy Who Loved Me when I was younger too. Um
0: Well it's got some good action. You know, if you're not in it for like the sexy parts, it's really um it's a good right. mix with the ski chase and the helicopter stuff and ski chase is stuff cool. stuff explodes.
2: I like jaws. The submarines are cool, silly. the boats are cool. Right. The, the submarine car is cool because i was totally not like i remember the first time i watched it and i was like oh my god because that's not what you were expecting to happen um pretty fun the yeah the crazy underwater submarine lair thing fun times
0: uh there is um one other thing I'd like to touch on with this film, which is the music of the film introducing. a Did you guys catch the new disco inspired uh, score that was underneath this movie? Maybe I just have an ear for disco. It could be. It's I a little bit so. funkier. Go back and listen. It's a little bit funkier. Um, they, they did. It was a disc, disco rendition of the original James Bond theme um, that's played mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, but the theme song to this one, Carly Simon, performs, Nobody Does It Better. The first theme song in the series to be titled differently from the name of the film. Uh, it was nominated for Best Song, but lost to Debbie's Boone, uh Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life. Mm. I thought the song was great. Yeah. I actually really liked yeah. it. I really liked the song.
1: This is one of the one of the most memorable Bond songs. It's really a shame that Golden Guns song was so bad because mm. Uh, I mean, I thought, I thought, yeah, the other, the bookends were so strong. Paul McCartney, "Live and Let Die." Um,
0: I mean the the American Film Institute named it the 67th greatest song in film, mm. all film.
2: Nobody does it better. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Mm. Whoa. Yep.
2: That's pretty impressive.
0: Any other uh, any other thoughts on The Spy Who Loved Me?
1: Um that's all I have, really. I mean, I I didn't the, take the a lot of notes. Was... I was just enjoying the movie. Yeah. Um I thought it it could have benefited if I if I were to change something about this movie, I would obviously change the end um where Anya just kind of readily just forgets about her murdered boyfriend and sleeps with Bond. Yep. Uh, who the murderer of her boyfriend? Um, I would have made it probably that that she departs from him and they leave on like as equals. Of, I'd love to see of, her like, come back. Yeah, and but then but then has like a like a recurring role as like a rival of Bond. I, I would mm. like to see that, and I think that really could have been cool if she came back in a movie like Golden Eye, where the Soviet Union had like that was the first movie made after the fall of the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah. So it's like and then. See what she's doing now, like in post-communist Russia. I think that'd be kind of neat. But that's good thinking.
2: That, or good she,
1: thinking. or she, like, she sacrifices herself to save Bond in some like really cool, dramatic way. Yep. And then Bond mm-hmm. can, like never repay the debt, and then he just like drinks himself into like a depression. I guess that'd be a really upsetting. <laughs> <ending>. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does it better. Yeah. <laughs> <We're> just drinking. <laughs> P- crying in the shower. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. Wow.
0: Interesting couple movies, guys.
1: Yeah, we've got we've good news or bad news, depending on how you want to look at it, is we've got plenty more of uh, Roger Moore left. <laughs> in the bank. At least one more episode full. I mean... The
0: insane thing about this is we're not even halfway through the movies yet, Matt. Oh no! There oh, no, are so many movies left.
1: <sighs> there are.
0: What were we thinking? Next week will it's be like gifts
1: sp- on Christmas morning. Uh, yeah.
0: They never stop. They gotta. <laughs> they should have stopped making these a long time ago. This is killing me. Uh, and next week will be a super mega bonus sized episode because we're doing four movies mind blown moonraker for your eyes only octopussy and a view to kill we're gonna wrap up roger moore next week um a lot of movies to get through but we'll do it and then we'll follow that up with our special uh bond part b series with george Lazenby and timothy dalton and we'll get those guys out of the way we skipped right over Lazenby. we went right <laughs> past him
1: bye we did. Uh, but we didn't forget well, we just figured this format would be easier. With uh, we do all oh, the Moors sure.
0: or all the Conneries, we can't all do Mors. a whole episode on George Lazenby. It's sorry, right. folks, it's not going to happen.
1: Although su- there, there's a surprising number of people that would consider that their favorite Bond movie. I'm genuinely,
0: I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed I didn't watch them in order. I really do want to see it, so I am excited
1: for that to come around.
2: I've actually never seen that one either. Mm.
1: That one is aggravating for its own reasons. But also, like, I I, I liked it immensely more now that I've wa- that I've rewatched it than I did when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I, I think it was one of my least, I hated it. <laughs> for for a lot of reasons that I guess we'll go into through the episode. But that one is one that has matured nicely. It's probably the, I would say it's probably the most mature Bond film. Like, as a, as a movie holds up like it really is it does a good job of like humanizing the characters uh Hmm. and like it has a it has a nice intricate story to it so i'm looking forward to discussing that one definitely doesn't have any any racism which is always a plus and hopefully we're leaving that behind but
0: who knows (laughs) we've still got a lot of movies left oh we're Uh, definitely
1: not leaving it behind the rest of the roger moore movies we're gonna we're gonna encounter that all over the place but that that ain't going away anytime soon Okay. Even in the Dalton movies, I think it, it crops up again.
0: I mean, we've got a film titled Octopussy, so anything's possible. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. Make sure you come back and join us. up debatetv is our website. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts and the video versions on YouTube. And you can reach us at up Debate debatetv on Twitter or email us at up at gmail.com. The series continues. But, uh, Colby, we appreciate you joining us. What a treat it is to have an extra, extra set of eyes and, and ears.
2: Certainly, keeping tabs on the bonds.
0: Yeah, come back anytime.
2: Yeah. All right,
0: a treat. You can catch Double. Colby every week on the Don't Panic podcast over at Don't Panic.io, uh, and you can catch him whenever we publish them over at Game Nights Playing Dungeons and Dragons. He's DMing right now. He's crushing it, throwing a lot of stuff <sighs> at us.
2: We gotta finish.
0: <laughs> never.
1: It'll. Spoiler alert. It will never finish. There's so much left. I had visions while we were playing last time. I had visions of us like in a retirement home, still <laughs> playing the same quest line. Like Ooh, our kids are Joe. like in college, and we're, <laughs> we're just like roll for initiative. Just, <laughs> just that's a
2: pretty good retirement goal, though, to all be in the same retirement home playing Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons.
1: I don't yeah. I, I don't yeah, see anything it's wrong. Worst ways that. to spend your I time. Be, yeah. <laughs>
0: um righty well that wraps us up here on behalf of uh, Matt and Colby and myself thanks for being here we'll see you next time for more super spy action on another up for debate presents.